believe that there is a word from the Lord. We are on the 22nd sermon of this series. We are concluding the end part of this particular scripture that we've been working on for some time. We are reading it out, reading it out of the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. It will be on the screen before you, and it reads as such in our hearing. This means that anyone, everyone who belongs to Christ, who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, has become a new spiritual person. Where you once was dead spiritually, now he has made you alive. As God is spirit, you now is spirit. <laughs> so therefore, being a spiritual being, you now have relationship with God as your father. Watch this. The old dead life is gone. You can't be alive and dead. You are either alive or dead. <laughs> there is no in between. Jesus did not come to make you better. He came to make you alive. So you either alive or Next verse. All of this is a gift from God. You didn't pay for it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't bargain for it. You have to receive it. He brought us back to himself through Christ. God has now given us this responsibility of reconciling other people to himself. For God was in Christ. In fact, Christ is God in human form. Reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting our sins against us. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are, say are, we are. It is a state of being. It is not what you do, it's who you are. And because of who you are, you do certain things. Like praise him. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God, this is where we are today. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the sin offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. Tell somebody, I'm right with God. Christ made me right with God. 
not based on me, based on him. I'm right with God. I'm right with God by the blood of Jesus. He made me right with God. Father, even now, thank you for your glorious presence that has visited us, has manifested itself here with us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, Father, allow your Shekinah glory to continue to rest and increase or give strength in, in my weakness. Allow there to be a pouring out of your enablement, of your empowerment, of your anointing that I may make clear your word. Lord, give ears to hear, give eyes to see as we preach, as we teach, as we expound your word. Lord, even now, Lord, even now, Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The thought I want to bring to you this morning is how to walk in your kingdom victory. <laughs> how to walk in your kingdom victory. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk in your victory. Live in your victory. Go get your victory. Go, go get your victory. Go, go get your victory. Many times, many times we sing it, we preach it, we talk about it, but our living has not matched our talking. <laughs> many times we don't understand what the disconnect is and for us to attain what he has promised that we have responsibility. If we don't do what we're supposed to do, God has already done what he needs to do. So now we control. We control what God, how much we walk in what God has already given. Did you, did you hear that? He, he's not given. He already put it into your account but your count won't open unless you know the combination. Today, I want us to, to, to get the combination. I want us to understand how the God's principles work. Because until we understand that, we're going to keep settling for crumbs. Until then, we're going to keep around Satan to, to deceive us and we're going to begin to blame God for what Satan's doing. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying you have to work this thing. But God has given us everything we need to work at. Thank you with me. Thank you with me. Can you, will you thank with me this morning? Don't, don't make me work harder than I need to because my throat is already hurting. But that's okay. But thank you with me. 
God is a great God and he is excellent. You agree with me? God can't help but be great and excellent. But if you are his child and he put his reflection in you, then there's something in you that is excellent and great too. Uh, no, I didn't get enough claps on that. Y'all not walking with me. Y'all not thinking with me. Listen, if, if, if you are his child and he has put in you his Holy Spirit, and Isaiah 43 says that he created you for himself, for his glory, he, his desire has always been to see the reflection of himself in you. Since you don't have the ability to reflect that, he put it in you so that you can work it out. So watch this. Everyone that's in Christ Jesus, there is input greatness in you whether you believe it or not. Because God has created you to walk in his glory and that he would see the reflection of himself in you. That's what this thing is really all about. Now the devil is trying to make you reflect him. The question is, who are you reflecting in your life? And like I said last week, whose reporter will you believe? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got it in you. And God has given you the Holy Spirit and Jesus has already won the victory. So now it's our job to trust God to bring out of us what he has placed in us. How? Because listen, the devil's going to fight you tooth and nail. People going to not like you becoming what God has called you to be. You know the funny thing is? When you got crabs in a barrel, the other crabs don't want you to get out. They will pull you right, because, because if they're not willing to go with you, they don't want you to go. We gotta fight through this, y'all. We gotta fight through this. Isaiah 43 and 7, he said, Everyone who is called by my name, and I notice it said, not by your name, he has put his name on you. Have I created for my glory? And what he's saying is, I have created you to glorify me. I created you to reflect me that when people see the gifting, the talents, the wisdom, what I have put in you. <coughs> Satan is trying to hold you down when God is trying to lift you up. You don't know who you are. You don't know what's inside of you until you tap into and get in proper position to where God wants to take you to. And as long as we have low-level thinking, we would never, he would never download into us what, the, what he has created us to be. Listen, when you are fighting with other people, that's not the fight. Some of us are quick to fight. Somebody look at you funny. Some of us are cocked and loaded. We walk around saying, don't mess with me. 
my, 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 the problem with that is as long as you're fighting people, you're not fighting the devil. Our, 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 our fight is, is spiritual. It's not flesh and blood. We're fighting demons. We're fighting weaknesses in high places. We're fighting things that you can't see. But as long as Satan keeps you, and you wonder why people mess with you. I believe that the more gifted you are, the more problems you're going to have. I would the devil, see, devil ain't, he, listen, he's not messing with you if you ain't doing nothing. And the greater glory God has in you to be shined, the more trouble going to come your way. Because Satan is afraid that if you ever tapped in to your resource, you're going to tear his kingdom down. You can't believe what you see in the natural. You have to see something in the spiritual. Do you see something? Do you see something beyond your right now? Have you gotten quiet with God and allow him to download into your spirit what he has for you? Have you, have you sat long enough with a piece of paper and a pen and let God give you a glimpse of where he wants to take you. Some of us, the reason why we're not doing better because we don't know better. But when you got a vision in front of you, you don't allow little stuff to get in your way because you can't let nothing contaminate the call that is on you. Every one of us got a call on us. And until you see where God is calling us, God didn't call you for right now. He called you for in the future. Your right now may not look that good, but you're in the future if you put your eyes on it. Can't nothing right now stop you. When you got a vision, Rebecca said, write the vision and make it clear. Make it plain. What's your vision of you? What is it God is calling you to? He called you from to call you to. But you got to get that from him. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. That's what 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, when it talks about strongholds and fortified cities, what it's talking about is Satan has set up resistance in your own thinking. If you have a negative attitude and don't expect nothing, you're going to get nothing. We determine how high we fly by our thinking and our attitude. And listen, I'm talking safe folks. I expect non-safe folks not to have no expectation. But, but we who, who has experienced the grace of God, we who has been changed by the blood he, we, that he reached into our darkness and pulled us out and brought us into the light. You ought to have an expectation on the table. In spite of what you're going through, there'll be something that said, I got my eyes on him. I look over the hills where it cometh my help. My help coming from the Lord. I see something. I see something. 
Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Joshua 6, 1 of 5. Now, Jericho was a fenced town with high walls, was tight closed because of Israel. That's what it's saying. They wasn't coming out. They wasn't coming in. They were shut in. And the reason they were shut in, because they was more afraid of the Israelites than the Israelites was of them. It's about 700 years since Joshua had watched, marched into the promised land, and this fortified city is standing right in the middle, right in the middle of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Right in the middle of Israel and Judah was the enemy has set up a fortified city, and they are laughing at the Israelites saying, you have beat everybody else, but you can't beat us. Don't tell me Satan won't talk to you. Don't, don't tell me Satan won't tell you can't, you won't, you never. The, the sad part is this. Some of us are believing the devil's report. David, I don't understand this, but David had faith when the rest of the Israelites didn't. Why didn't anybody else fight Goliath? The whole army was out there, and Goliath was coming out talking smack every day. First Joshua chapter 17. Listen, David's not even a soldier. He's a boy. He's 15 years old. He's a teenager. He's not even fighting age. But David has enough courage, enough faith, enough experience. Don't tell me young people can't experience God. Let me speak to the young people. The Bible speaks of that when the disciples needed to pay taxes, Peter went and got a fish that paid the taxes. The taxes was only enough money found to pay for two adults over 21. Which means that the Jesus and Peter was 21 and older. The rest of them had to be younger. Can, can I go a step deeper? You see in the Last Supper, the Apostle John, who is the smallest and the youngest of them, is laying on Jesus' breast. And many wonder, well, what's, what's, what's up with that? John is believed to be like 15 or 16. Jesus is like a dad to him. Listen, the Lord turned the world inside out Upside down with teenagers. Oh, uh, y'all not clapping loud enough. Y'all not clapping loud enough. You know why? Because when we get older, we get stuck in our... He wants some young people that would get radical for him. He wants some young people that's going to take him by his life who got the energy, got the energy. Don't, don't ever say you too young. No, you're right age right now to do radical stuff for Jesus because he's speaking that they are young. They are young, not old. Now to the seniors. 
I'm not saying God can't use you, but you don't move as quickly as you used to. You can move, but it's... If we can tap into our young people's minds and allow them to jump off the platform that we set, I mean, hold on, hold on. To the older ones that's been busy, you ought to be training up somebody younger to take over. You shouldn't be holding on because this is your thing of importance. No, you need to find somebody and pour into them and become the platform. Listen, this might have been your start. You be their platform where they can jump from here. It's not about, listen, just the fact I'm in Christ Jesus make me of value and worth. My value and worth is not on base what I do. So, so I want to train. I want to put. The reason why I take about three years to train deacons and ministers, I take three years where I meet with them one-on-one to pour into them. I don't want what I know to die with me. I want them to know my heart. I want them to know why I do what I do. And that takes time. That takes one-on-one. When he's taking too long, you don't understand what I'm doing. When I'm gone, the, the ministry can carry on. Well, well, who are you pouring into? Who's pouring into you? Here, in, in Joshua, what he says, Joshua 6, one, Jericho was tight. It was closed up. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given it to you. Huh? See. The walls of this city is 25 feet thick. They got chariots right across the top of it. I saw the walls when I was in Israel falling down. They had apartments inside of the walls. Rahab lived inside of the wall. That's why out her window she, she could hang a scarlet thread. Her apartment was in the wall. They literally ran chariots going opposite direction around the wall to see if the enemy is coming. You could not get into Jericho. And in order to get into the promised land, you had to go through Jericho. And here God's saying, see. You know what the problem is? We're seeing with our natural eyes and not with our spiritual eyes. In order to see where God wants to take you, you got to let him lift you higher. He has to elevate you. See, too many times what we're doing, we're complaining instead of praising and giving thanksgiving. Listen, he, he's saying to Joshua, he's saying, he said, nothing has changed, but I am elevating your view. 
And what I want you to do is start praising me and thanking me, though there's no change in the situation. Did y'all hear that? Can, can you and I talk? But now that what I get from this is that God says, once I pray about it, don't come back and pray about the same thing. What I need to do now is start thanking him and praising him and allow him to lift my vision of what he wants to do about the situation. I'm waiting, but I'm not waiting saying nothing. I'm waiting saying thank you. I praise you. You know that thing I talked about? I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to thank you ahead of time because I see something. Listen, when you begin to see your victory, listen, it's, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back, go back, go back. He says, see, I have already given you. God is the only one that can speak what hasn't happened yet as though it's past tense. He's saying, I don't have to do it. I already done it. Hold on. 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 God is the one that makes the timeline. This is Genesis 1 1. This is the new heaven, the new earth. That's, and everything else is the timeline. God stands outside of the timeline. God is not subject to time. He's not subject to anything he makes. So therefore, what God does is he jumps in and out of human time. I mean, I mean, I mean, he, before you got here, he knew you were going to be here. But what he does is he come visit you while you're here. But then he go fix, he already fixed your future. So what he says is, what I did was, I started at the end, and I worked it. Let it begin. Which means then, it's already fixed. Though she's here in time. He has already fixed it before time. So though she's dealing with a situation here, God, stay there. God has already worked it out here. She don't know how he worked it out. She won't see how he worked it out until by faith she gets here. When she gets here, he'll show her how he worked it out before time. What he wants her to do is what she what he wants her to do is trust that he worked this out. Listen, it's a problem here, but it's a blessing here. Your situation is a problem here, but it's a miracle here. Your problem 
is messing with you here, but God got an answer here. Now, in order to get here, you have a responsibility to praise him and thank him for the answer before you get here. See, 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 if you wait here, that don't take no faith. God wants to know, even though I did it here and you're not here yet, can you trust me and praise me and thank me ahead of time that I am who I say I am, that I would do what I said I would do? Can you lift up holy hands and praise me with tears running down your eyes? Can you trust me and thank me ahead of time, knowing that when you get here, you realize I had you all the time. Doesn't matter what the situation you're going to. That's where God's trying to get us to. That you see, God is interactive. You know, it's funny. I remember when, when Pac-Man came out. Some of y'all don't know what Pac-Man is. And it was all the rave. Then it went to Xbox and the Kindle, Nintendo, and I don't know what they got now, but, but, but I remember the progression of video games. And I remember that when, when Brick got this game, and it was interactive. And what I mean by that, depending on the decisions he made on the route he was on, the game changed. It yield to him what it had hidden based on the decision he made in the game. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Which means that every time he played it, it would show up differently yes, when he made a different decision. Uh-huh. It interplayed, it interact with him. Did you know that you have an interactive God? That God is going to open up to you and I how much we trust him. I was at a, some place yesterday, and this young lady came up to me. She's not a member here, but she said, she said, she said, she said, Reverend, and I don't remember having this conversation with her, but, but she talked to me about her ties, and I said, you know what, it, it's not your business to, 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 it's not your business what the church that you don't know if they do, what they do is your business to trust God with your time. And this is what she said to me. She said, I took you at your word. And once I started tithing, God started blessing me. This is what she said. She said, God had his hand over me, but his hand was closed. He had my blessings in his hands. But because 
I didn't trust him with my ties. But I said, I had his hand closed. Did you hear what I said? He didn't have his hand closed. I had his hand closed. He, she said, when I begin to tithe, I actually saw God say, now I can begin to open up my hand in every area of trust. God got blessings in his hands. But until you trust his heart, you can't have what's in his hands. Listen, tithe is not about your money. Tithe is about you trusting God's heart. God has no money problem, but he got a heart problem. He got too many of us don't trust his heart towards us, so therefore we don't trust to do what he says. But when he gets our heart, he don't mind giving you what's in his now, hold on. My hands are pretty big, but my hands is no size to God's hands. So can you imagine how much stuff God got in his hands? So when God begins to open up his hands and pour you out the blessings, but watch this. God is waiting on us. Joshua, I have given it. But before you see it, you got to walk around, not say a word for seven days. I want the priest blowing. And on the last day, I want y'all to shout the victory before you see anything. You know what I see in the, in the Bible? I see this pattern all over the place. Let, let me show you how, how miraculous how living the word of God is. David is fighting Goliath in a valley, and the translation of the valley he's fighting in is blood. Hold on. The name of the territory, when you translate it, is tree. Let me connect it. Goliath is a type of devil and David is a type of Jesus. So, so watch this. So, so he's fighting Goliath in the, on the tree in the valley of blood. So watch this. Then he killed Goliath with a stone. Some of y'all not making the connection. Jesus is a stone. Hallelujah. He overcame the devil by his blood. He gave his blood on a tree. Y'all beginning to see the connection? Listen, listen. Nobody can set this up. David is like 1,200 years before the coming of Christ, and yet he's painting the picture of Christ. Let, let me, let me, can I show you something else? After he killed Goliath, he takes the head of Goliath 18 miles. He carried the head 
of Goliath 18 miles to the fortified city of the Jebusites. And many believe he buried it. I think he showed it first. You know why I think he showed it? Because the tradition back then was to show your next conquest the head of your victim to let them know you're next. The God that enabled me to kill this giant that y'all scared of is that same God when I'm king is going to make me kill you. So he buried the skull outside of the city. Okay, let's fast forward. 22 years later, 22 years later, he's 15 at the age of 30. He becomes the king of Judah. Israel, part of the, the, the southern kingdom, rejects David. But seven years later, they come back and say, be our king. Okay? The first thing David does in 2 Samuel is once they make him king, he says to them, says, now, whoever goes through the water tunnel, cut off the water and get inside this this no good, this unsupersized, this, this demon fortress, this, these people that are not the children of God, when you get inside, he said, I will bless you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. David see his next war, but he's looking back at his past victory. Do, 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 do you see that? He buried the skull close to his next victory. And what he's saying is based on what God has already done. I don't need no more evidence that my victory in my future is in my hand because I know what my God has already done. Listen, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, them, in the, them in the fortress is saying, even our blind and our lame can cock you. Devil will always talk smack. My question is, are you talking truth? You overcome smack with truth. Don't let the devil keep talking to you. Don't let your situation keep talking to you. Don't keep accepting all that mess. You rise up and start speaking about how great your God is. Does he know that you're a child of the king? Does he know you've been washed in the blood? My Bible tells me that we overcome by our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. I know I'm saved. I know I've been changed. I know he's fighting for me. I know he's with me. Watch this, watch this. Watch this. Move up next verse, next verse, next verse. He said, what was a stronghold of Satan now became a fortified city of David. Uh -huh. yes, sir. Let me explain. Yes, sir. God wants to replace any place where the devil thinks he got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. 
And he want to sit down as Lord and King in that area. The very thing that held you back would be the very thing that propelled you forward. Hold on. Hold on. Can, can, I, can, I, can I take a little bit farther? The very thing that Satan tried to make you embarrassed about would be the word of your testimony, how good he is. Uh, Y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. God would turn your ashes into beauty if you let him. The very thing where Satan think he got you would be the very thing God's going to use to lift you. Uh, Y'all need to be clapping louder than that. David had an anchor for his faith. His anchor is he knew the story of his people and he knew how great his God is. He had an anchor that God already delivered him from the lion, already delivered him from the bear, and then delivered him from Goliath. So David is thinking, can't nothing stop me. Look what it says. Now David as king dwell where the Jebusites used to dwell. Now watch this. And he called it the city of David. You know what David means? Beloved. It means love. It means that, that the beloved city of David, because David said, I know he loves me. I know he loves me. So, so, I, so, so I'm going to make this place, which used to be my enemies, this is the center point of my kingdom. Let me tell you what else it did. It connected northern and southern kingdom because yes, it sat right in the middle of both. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. God is going to unite some things. God's going to restore some things. God's going to fix something. God's going to expand the territory. Look at what it says. David built all around it and inward. Matter of fact, it says this. And David kept on growing stronger. When you allow the Lord to take over certain places in your life and you're thinking, God's going to give you increase. When you begin to get serious about his word and about your thinking, your speaking, and submit everything to God, and you begin to sit down in his presence and write down what he's saying to you. Listen, God still speaks. Listen, God still works. Listen, the blood still has power. Listen, God still delivers. Listen, hold on, hold on. Watch this. The skull of Goliath was buried outside of the city. Jesus was crucified outside of the city. The place where Jesus was crucified was called the skull because the rock looked like a skull. Listen, okay, let's, let's go back to the beginning. David fought his enemy in a valley. Jesus really wasn't up on a hill. He was along the road outside of the valley. The valley that David fought in was called the valley of blood. The lamb was called the tree. Jesus was crucified on a tree. He poured out his blood on a tree. The David put his victory 
outside of the city. Jesus was crucified and buried outside of the city. Okay, well, what, what, are you, what I'm trying to say is that you need to anchor your future victory on something. Well, what should you anchor in? Jesus is outside the city, but he didn't stay outside of the city. On Friday, they hung him. They stretched him. Why? He hung his head. He died. But come Sunday, Friday, the earth shook. The devil had a party. But come Sunday, it looked like we lost on Friday. But come Sunday, he stayed in the grave all day Saturday. It looked like the devil won. But early, early, early Sunday morning, the world started shaking. The rock started moving. And Jesus got up with all power in his hand. Hold on. Why ain't y'all standing? The reason y'all not standing because you don't see yourself in the storm. But I came to tell you that you in the storm. Why? Because the victory he won on Sunday was your victory. Was your victory. Was your victory. Hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. Though it happened here, its power reaches here. Hold on. Hold on. I told you, God works outside of time. So watch this. Though it happened where that young man is sitting at, the power of it. Come here, Kenny. The power of it. Turn around, Kenny. The power of it is right here in your life for whatever you're going through. Wait a minute. The power of it has gone ahead of you and worked everything out for you. Hold on. The power of it has already defeated Satan. The power of it has already made him lay down. The power of it has already fixed whatever is wrong. The power of it. Say, say, stay. Stay where you at. Stay where you at. The power of it has already worked it out. Now, what you got to do is not look through the eyes, but look through your spiritual eyes. And no matter what the devil throw at you, you ought to throw praise back at him. No matter what the devil throw at you, you ought to throw Thanksgiving back at him. No matter what's happening right now in your life, look up, look up, look up, look up, look up, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give praise, give praise, give praise, give praise, thank him, worship him, praise him, he's done it, it's finished, victory is yours, you're more than a
conquer. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. After you pray about it, you start thanking him so he can change your perspective. When your perspective is changed, your will will change. When your perspective changes, your faith will grow. When your faith grows, your talk changes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to talk it before I feel it. I got to discipline myself to trust the word and promises of God. Come on, because what he want to know is, do you trust me? Not what's in my hand. Do you know my heart enough that even if it doesn't look like I'm up to something, that my word is a seed in you? Will you water it with praise and thanks? God says in Isaiah 55, he said, my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. As the heaven is higher than earth, so is my thoughts and my ways. Now watch this. He says, the rain and the snow waters the earth. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Something's missing here. You know what's missing? He didn't say anything about planting seeds. Somebody said it. When you are in Christ Jesus, your spirit, the blessings are already in you. But they are in seed form. Notice the word of God is the water that waters what's in your spirit. Do you, you, do you see that in the text? He says, as the snow and the rain watered the ground, so my word. Hold on, I don't see nothing about planting because he said I already planted it in you. My greatness, your gifting is already in you. When I saved you, I don't need to add anything to you. It's already in you. Listen, listen. All I need to do is that you need to allow me to bring it up out of you. And what allows me to bring it out is that you trust me. And the way you trust me is to water your spirit with my word. Because faith comes by hearing my word. And as, your, and as you apply faith in my word, something goes pop. Listen, 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 listen. You got to praise and thank God before you see anything. If you see it, you don't need to walk by faith. But because God wants us to walk by faith, he wants us to trust him at his word before you see anything. And when you trust him, you say, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I say, hallelujah, Lord. 
Lord, I know you're up to something. No, watch that. When it comes up again, because there's some things that take some time. David had to wait 22 years before he conquered his enemy. But I think David every day said, you already defeated? Hallelujah. I'm not king yet, but when I become king, I know you already might. That's why when he became over Israel, he didn't even hesitate. He went and took what was his. Hold on. Hold on. Did you hear me? That means you can't take it till the door opens. But when the door opens, you go and take it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, I, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got illumination. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. You, you, you will take it, but the door hasn't opened. Okay? But you're waiting in anticipation for the door to open. Which means you're excited before it opens. Matter of fact, you praising him because the door, it's like a horse, a race horse in the gate. He, he said, can't wait. Can't wait till it opens. Can't wait. Uh, let me out of here. I want to run. I'm going to win this race. How many of y'all that excited? How many of y'all praising God? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. You can't fall asleep when God's about ready to open up some doors. You can't be looking someplace else when God's about ready to open up some doors. You got to be ready and in position. Some of us, God opened up the door, but we wasn't in position. Hold on, hold on. Did you know that God would keep the door open? And then if you don't get in position, he'll shut the door and will never open again. How many blessings have you left on the table that you can't go back and get? Because we wasn't ready, we didn't have faith, we didn't trust him, we walked in doubt, we wanted to do our own thing. And God said, you want it that way, you got it that way. Boom. Teaching you spiritual principles. Listen, listen. Your next victory depends on you getting this. I, 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 think, I think all of us got something we need to start thanking God for right now. Don't wait. Thank you now. Don't wait. Give me praise now. If you got an expectation on the table, I think you need to say hallelujah. I think you need to open up your mouth. You're not that shy. You're not that shy. Open up your mouth and give God some praise. Open up your mouth and say, thank you. I'm in the blood. Thank you. I'm in Jesus. Thank you. Victory is mine. Thank you. Hallelujah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I got a sore throat. I don't feel well. And if I could praise him like this, you ought to be able to praise him like this. Hallelujah. 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 When Jesus got up, you got up. When Jesus won his victory, he won your victory. Give him, give him, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Give 
called and your God is faithful. Will you catch it? Will we catch it? Will we believe it? Will we do it? Listen, you want to open up this hand for you. But we determine how much he opens up. It starts with knowing Jesus. It starts with saying, I believe. It starts with saying, I accept. My life, my victory is in Christ Jesus. Don't let the devil deceive you. God loves you. God has life, purpose, and destiny with your name on it. But you got to come get it. You got to come get it. Today, he will pray with you. He will talk with you.